Amen. I invite you to have a seat, and I'm going to ask someone if they can help me turn on these two lights. We're going to make a little, I can't, I want to see y'all's faces. Let's do this one. Yeah, and then turn off that one. You can fade it a little bit so it's not too bright. Matt will help you. No, he'll fade it out over there. Don't worry. Hey, uh, can you go ahead and get up and then give two or three people a high five and compliment them on something? Okay, don't be lazy. Get up. Come on, stand up. Go and give two or three people a high five and say, hey, I like your shirt. I like your shoes. But don't lie. If you really don't like their shoes, then don't tell them you like their shoes, okay? Give them a high five. Say, hey, I like your hair. I like, I like your smile. In the name of, in the words of uh, Natural Libre, I like your cow, you know. I don't know if you have a cow, maybe back at home, if you live in a ranch. I love it, awesome. Yeah, okay, very cool, very cool. Thank you for doing that. Some of y'all just met your future wife or your future husband. You never know. Um, and if you're siblings, I'm so sorry, you did not do that, okay? That did not happen, okay? Hey, we've been in a series on the I Am's of Jesus, and, and, um, we're, we're midway through the semester, okay? So before we get into this, just, just want to celebrate that. Like, we're midway through the semester, and I really believe with all my heart that this has been a year. This is our second year, right, coming back after COVID, and I really believe that we're at a place where God is really, like, moving at a faster pace than I could have even imagined. I'm so thankful for you all, I'm so thankful for our leaders. We were reflecting just this afternoon in our meeting before, before this, uh, our gathering, just how much God has done. And, and really, I can't believe we're midway through the semester. And so I just want to praise God for that and, and his faithfulness. And just to also encourage you to say, hey, we're halfway for the semester. Let's keep going. Let's keep calling people and saying, hey, we missed you on Sunday, or we missed you on Wednesday, or hey, how can I pray for you? I think this is the time where everyone starts to think about Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, we start thinking a lot about me and I and what do I want to do, and I just, I just pray that God would break our hearts to remind us of what we can do for each other as a church and love each other, but I just wanted to open up with that just because that, that's what's, what was on my heart as, as we were coming up here, but anyway, we've been on the I Am's of Jesus, Matt, last week, hey, and y'all, were y'all blessed by Matt last week? Didn't y'all bring the word? Yes. Thank you, Matt, for bringing the word last week. I missed y'all. Talked about Jesus being the, the way, the only way, right? Jesus being the truth. And, and that's very important for us to, to, for us to understand that he is literally the only way, the only truth that we could ever abide in. But today we're talking about Jesus being the true vine. And What's interesting about this statement, right? Remember, the I am's are very important because when Jesus says, I am, it's very significant. Why? Because in the culture then, what did we learn? I am is how God introduced himself for the very first time in the world. And so you weren't allowed to say, I am back then because it was too holy. And now here Jesus is coming saying, I am who I am, right? I am this, the door, the way, the truth, the life. I am all of these things, right? And we're closing our series with his last statement, and that is, I am the true vine. I have a picture of a, of a tree that I want you to look at. And what's interesting is that, has anybody ever tried to pull out a tree before? Yeah? 
It's, I did that one time and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, physically speaking. It is impossible. If you go and try to, just a small tree, it doesn't have to be a big tree, but go try to pull out a tree and you will quickly realize that it's almost impossible to do it without like any machinery or any like help from people because it is so deep in there. Some people uh, say that, that roots in a tree can grow as deep as 20 feet, which is insane to me, right? And not only does it grow down, but it grows like wide. So it covers even more space. And so while on the very top, you only see like one trunk and like the branches, deep beneath that tree, there are roots that have been there for years and years and years and years that are keeping that tree alive and together, right? And it's spreading and covering across a whole piece of land or area. And when I think of Jesus being the true vine, I think about what it means to be rooted in him. You see, a lot of us are rooted in certain things that either build us up or they tear us down or they distract us. Or sometimes we realize that we're rooted in something and we don't even realize it until we dig deep enough to see what's at the root. And so my question for us tonight is as we are digging um, beneath right, the metaphorical tree of our life, what is at the root, what is at the core of who we are and what is keeping us alive in a sense or what we think is keeping us alive. John chapter 15, verses one through eight. It'll be on the screen, but you can also open your Bibles if you're extra holy and you brought your Bible. John chapter 15, verses one through eight. It says this, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me, or other uh, versions say abide in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I have three quick points that I want to share with you and I'll share them with you real quickly and then we'll break them down. Number one, Jesus is the true vine, okay? Jesus is the true vine. We're also going to see how number two, God prunes so that you can produce, okay? Number two, God prunes so that you can produce. And number three, we produce by abiding in Jesus. We produce by abiding in Jesus. Now, number one, Jesus is the true vine. Now, when Jesus spoke this to his disciples, right, they were probably standing in the upper room and were preparing to leave because what they were doing, um, they were, they were uh, celebrating certain things and then 
Jesus, of course, is always talking in like metaphors and parables. And so he, he just gets up and says, hey, I am the true vine, right? And he used the picture of the vine because at the place that they were at, there were a lot of grape vines, okay? Grape vines. Has anybody seen like a grape vine? Like been through a vineyard, right? It's like all over the place. It's, it's like overwhelming if you've ever been. I've never been to one, but I've seen them and, it, and it's really cool to see just how it grows like outwards and like all these vines and then grapes. Anyway, so they were all over the place in Israel and that's what they used to create wine and their beverages and all that stuff, right? There was also a large golden vine set as like a decoration at the front of the temple communicating the idea that Israel was God's vine, okay? So the, the symbol of the vine was very important to the people of Israel, okay? And as I mentioned earlier, I asked us the question is, what are we rooted in? What is something that we are rooted in that defines us? Because what we see Jesus telling us from the very get-go is that he's calling us to be rooted in him, Okay, roots are very strong, extremely powerful. You cannot take them out easily. And whatever you're rooted in, you're going to be there for a while. Whatever you're rooted in, it's going to grow, right, deep, wide. Especially if you continue to water it with the specific things that are keeping it alive. We talked about how sin, right, um, in the darkness grows, and when you think about the tree and the roots, where are the roots? It's underground. It's in, it's in the darkness. And so if you are rooted in things that are separating you from Christ or pushing you away from Christ and it's in the darkness, it continues to grow, you might not even realize it, right? But Jesus is calling us to be rooted in him and not in other things that we think we need to do as well. Because Jesus' vine, Jesus' vine, Jesus', Jesus's apostrophe S, Jesus' vine, is the only vine that brings full satisfaction in all areas of our life. If Jesus is the true vine, then that means, according to verse 5, that you are the branches. And if you are the branches, then out of you should flow, and the expectation, according to this passage, is fruit. If we are abiding in Jesus and he is the true vine and we are the branches, then we are expected to bear fruit, right? And we're not, I'm not talking about like a literal fruit. Like I'm not just going to stand here like an apple is going to come out. That's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about fruits of the spirit. Fruit that is reflective of Jesus's goodness. Fruit that is reflective of our life in him, right? Uh, you've, you've heard this saying, show me who you hang out with or show me what you listen to, show me what you watch and I'll tell you what you'll produce in the future. You see, it's, it's, it's so common for people to, you know, one of the things that I realized is I, I have specific groups of friends that I hang out with and whoever I'm hanging out with, I reflect a lot of that to people I don't know. So one time we were visiting up north with, with, with some friends like our group was visiting up north, another friend, and we met some of his friends. And the way that we spoke to each other shocked this other person. Like this other person literally thought we were mad at each other because of the way that we talked to each other. But if you're from the valley, you know how it is. 
That's what we do, right? And so, like, I'll be talking to my friends, and we'll be like, oh, you're such a loser. And people, they thought we were sick, right? Like, they thought there was something wrong with us. But we were just reflecting where we're from. And we're from the 956, right? We're 956. That's what we're reflecting. That was what's, these, these are my roots, man. These are my people. But this person didn't know that, Right? And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we rooted in? Because if we're supposed to bear fruit, well, what's the fruit that we're bearing? Because that's going to be reflective of our roots. Am I, am I making sense here? Feel free to shout at me and say yes, amen, or no, I don't get it. So the question is, what are you rooted in right now? If we were to pick you up, like metaphorically speaking, let's just say we're standing. If we were to pick you up right now, dig, and slowly lift you up from the ground, what would we see at the roots? What would we see? It's a hard question to ask because some of us don't want to dig deep enough to look at what's underneath the roots because maybe we already know. That's not something that we want to show the rest of the world. You see, for some, we're rooted in insecurity. Maybe you've gotten so used to hiding behind a mask over the past two years in COVID that you've just accepted that that's who you are. You're afraid to show what's underneath that mask. You're afraid to be vulnerable. Maybe you're rooted in material things. Maybe how you define yourself is the status of the, the Apple logo on your phone, right? Or the status of the Nike swoosh on your shoe or the status of uh, Balenciagas, you know what I mean? Gucci, whatever it is, right? Maybe that's, that's what's at the core of your roots, Maybe you're rooted in athletics. Maybe the only thing you want to talk about is how amazing you are at sports. I don't know if you know, but I'm the greatest shooter in the history of Calvary, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's true. I'll show it to you later. Maybe some of you are rooted in sin. But you have to dig deep enough to see if that's what it is. Because Jesus is calling us to be rooted in him. Because he is the only vine that will also last forever and not be destroyed. Because all these other things that we're, you might be rooted in will be destroyed and won't last forever. And in order to bear fruit, though, the branches need to be pruned. God prunes so that you can produce. If you've already heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus, which many of us, I'm assuming, in this room have, because every camp, you say that and have given your life to him, then you're a branch, according to verse five. If you've already given your life to Jesus, if you've already surrendered your life, then you are a branch that's attached to the vine. And Jesus reminds us that we have already been cleansed by the words that he has spoken to us. Okay, verse number three. If you are, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So Jesus is talking specifically to believers. Okay? So I'm, we're gonna have to emphasize this because for someone maybe in here who, who doesn't know Jesus, who hasn't known the full story of, or grasped that, this is talking specifically to believers. Because believers are the ones that are called to be abiding in Jesus and are the branches from the true vine. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning because Jesus doesn't just die to save you and that's it. He dies to save you and to do what? To bear fruit. In order for Jesus to continue to bear fruit, God needs to take things out of our lives that are preventing from producing that fruit. Has anybody ever pruned something before? Yeah? Is it fun? 
No, <laughs> nah, it's, especially when it's hot outside. This past Valley Project, um, our group was able to go to um, one of the hermanas' house and we had like a chainsaw and we had like those clippers, whatever. Extremely dangerous. We probably shouldn't have done it. <laughs> we were chainsawing from like a ladder like this. That's really not a good idea. But the thing is that we had to prune a lot of things, right? And what we noticed was as we were pruning, there was like greener leaves, if you will, underneath a lot of the excess that we were pruning away. And in our lives, there are, there's a lot of good things too. I'm not, I don't want to say that there's bad things in our lives, and we've said this before. But one of the things that God does is he prunes things out of our lives so that we can produce fruit, whether it's good or bad. Whether it's good or bad. And I think some people forget that part of walking with Jesus, that it's really hard, that it's not always fun. We forget that following Jesus is supposed to be a moment where we look forward after our time on earth because we know that eternity is so much greater than like, what, 70 years here on this earth that we have. Maybe 80 if you're really good with your water drinking and stuff, right? But God is pruning you so that you can produce fruit. But we produce fruit by abiding in Jesus. Jesus as a true vine means that he's the only one that makes all things possible. The only one that makes things all, thing, all things possible. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Abiding in Jesus is trusting and knowing that he is the only one that will bear fruit. He is the only one that can carry us to the end. He's the only one that makes all things possible. We abide by praying to him, spending time in the word, spending time reflecting on who he is. Now's the perfect time to go outside in the morning, get a nice hot cup of coffee and just thank Jesus for the cold front and say, my goodness, Lord, how wonderful you are that you sent a cold front to the valley, right? And then, man, my goodness, Lord, how wonderful you are that I can hear the birds chirping everywhere, declaring your majesty. How beautiful you are that I can see the sun starting to rise, reminding me that there's new mercies this morning, reminding me that there's another day that I have because of who you are. The more you get to know a person and the more you go through experiences, the stronger the bond gets. Does anybody have a best friend here? Yeah, a lot of us maybe have some best friends. I hope all of us do. I'll be your best friend if you don't have one. But the thing about best friends is if I asked you, I guarantee you have a story that's extremely embarrassing that you probably don't want to share with somebody or extremely dangerous that all you want to do is talk about it, right? When you think of your best friend, you probably come up with a million stories. Oh, this one time... This one time at band camp, man, it was crazy. Got the clarinet and like I threw it in the water. Or I don't know what, right? Or it was one time at student camp, like we ran away in the dark and we almost got kicked out or whatever. You don't ever do that. But the point is, is that when you think of your best friend, you have experiences that you want to share about all the time. But what happens when, 
let's say your friend moves away. What happens when all of a sudden you get to high school and you have different interests? One wants to do sports. The other one wants to do robotics. The other one wants to do band. The other one wants to not do anything. <laughs> what happens when you get to college when, oh, I'm going to Vanderbilt. I'm going to Pittsburgh. I'm going to UT. Hook them horns, right? I'm going to to, to Aggies, Gigum, I'm going to wherever it is. Things start to change. I used to have a friend, and I say I used to because I'm going to be transparent. I don't think we're really friends anymore. And it makes me really sad. But we've gotten to that point where, you know, I, I, I came here and, and this person moved away and we text every once in a while and call him up. He called me up once in a while. And the difference was, though, is, and, and I want to be careful, I'm not trying to, um, how do I say this? I, I don't want to seem like a egotistical, because it's not where it's coming from. I just really want to emphasize the importance of what happened in my relationship with this person. I really loved Jesus, and this person did as well at the time. But what ended up happening was this person's relationship with Jesus started fading away. And it started affecting my relationship with Jesus. It started to affect the way that I viewed certain things in my life. And slowly we started arguing, discussing because we had different interests or we had different beliefs about who God was or about what Christianity was all about. And slowly that relationship faded because everything that he was abiding in was pushing him away from God, but everything that I was trying to abide in was bringing me closer to him. At least that's what I believe, according to the fruits that were being bared in our lives. And now, it's safe to say we're really not close anymore. And so imagine the one person who gave his entire life, literally died on a cross, so that he would have a relationship for you. My friend didn't go and die for me. He didn't go down across for me. He, 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 and he probably wouldn't. And I wouldn't either, even if we were best friends. I, I mean, I love him, but oh man, that's hard. But Jesus, the one person who desires the relationship with you was willing to die on a cross so that you would abide in him. And the moment you say, yes, you know what? I'm receiving Jesus not only as my savior, but as my Lord, you're declaring something. You're saying Jesus is my best friend, but he's also my king. And the relationship that you build with him will bear fruit as you abide in him. But the moment that you stop abiding and start pushing away, what do you think happens to that relationship? It starts to, to dwindle. But here's the scary part. Then we really have to ask ourselves, was I ever really in relationship with him to begin with? Anybody know the story of Judas? Yeah? What happens to Judas? Anybody? Betrayal, okay, he dies, right? <laughs> he dies. Every single person in the group of disciples, you think they thought, oh, Judas is going to go die eventually because he betrays Jesus. No, he was in. He was part of the group. He was living life with the disciples and Jesus, eating every day, making stories, laughing, joking around. He was a part of the team. Until we realized, no, he never was. You see, there's a lot of people in this room who play the part and they look really like they're abiding in Jesus. But there's going to come a day where we will stand before God and, and we'll really see 
as we lift up and look at the roots, if we really were abiding in Jesus or had a relationship with him to begin with. It's so easy to read your Bible every day. It's so easy to go to church on a Wednesday and Sunday. It's so easy to say the right things. But you cannot fool God. You can't. And Judas didn't fool God either. It played out the way it was supposed to play it out. But the beauty of the gospel, again, the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus will continue to pursue you. Jesus will continue to seek you. Jesus will continue to love you. Right, Iris? Right, Israel? He will continue to abide in you. Right, Matt? He will continue to show his love to you. Right, Andrew? He will continue to make sure that you know how much you're loved. And he asks that we abide in him. That's what he asks. What are you rooted in? And are you willing to be rooted in Jesus? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for this, mor- for this morning, for this evening. I thank you, Father, for allowing us to read your word, read scripture, to remind ourselves of you being the true vine, that we can do nothing apart from you. And I pray that you would help us abide in you more and more every day. I pray that you would help us to love you and seek you more and more every day. Uh, Thank you for the students that are here. I pray for those that aren't, that you would bless them, that you would um, just remind them of how much you love them and also how much we love them. Thank you for our families here at Calvary. Thank you for the children in the children's building, the men that are at Man Church, the women that are at Woman Church the young adults that come to the gatherings on Tuesdays. I thank you for all that you're doing in that. I pray, Lord, that our time would be fruitful here in our groups and that it would glorify you. It's in your name we pray and we all said, amen.